So when our daughter was a, a toddler, she started referring to the toilet as a throne. <laughs> and I thought, what? Where, where did that come from? I mean, do, do I call the toilet a throne? I mean, I, I didn't think I did, but, but sometimes you don't know what you do until um, your kids start doing it, right? Uh, but then I found this book that her aunt had been reading to her called The Princess Potty. <laughs> Has anybody, anybody heard of this? Uh, which included lines like, hear ye, hear ye, I have to go pee-pee. Who you, who you? Well, you, you get the idea, right? <laughs> and then off she goes on her royal pony to the royal bathroom where she finds her royal throne. Now, the only reason I tell you this story is because our second reading for today, our, our Bible story for today, includes a king who needs to go to the bathroom. So, let's listen to 1 Samuel chapter 24, starting in verse 2. Then King Saul took 3,000 chosen men of Israel and went to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to some sheep pens along the road. There was a cave there, and hear ye, hear ye, who you, who you. Actually, that's not in there. Saul, Saul went into the cave to go to the bathroom. David and his men were huddled far back in the same cave, and David's men whispered to him, Can you believe it? This is the day God was talking about when he said, I'll put your enemy into your hands. You can do whatever you want with him. So quietly, David crept up and cut off a piece of Saul's royal robe. But immediately he felt guilty and he said to his men, God forbid that I should have done this to my master, to God's anointed, that I should so much as raise a finger against him. He's God's anointed. David held his men back with these words and would not let them attack Saul. Then Saul got up, left the cave, and went on his way. Then David stood at the mouth of the cave and called to Saul, My master, my king. Saul looked back, and David fell to his feet and bowed in reverence. He called out, Why do you listen to those who say, David is out to get you? This very day, with your very own eyes, you have seen that just now in the cave, God put you into my hands. My men wanted me to kill you, but I wouldn't do it. I told them that I won't lift a finger against my master. He's God's anointed. My father, look at this. Look at this piece that I cut from your robe. I could have killed you, but I did not. Look at the evidence. I am not against you. I haven't sinned against you, and yet you're hunting me down to kill me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Saul is king, but it's become clear that God has chosen David to take his place. And Saul doesn't want to lose his throne, so he's chasing after David, who is like a son to him, to kill him so that he can hold on to his power. The throne has wrapped itself around his heart, and he's losing sight of what is most important to him. So, 
uh, after our son was born, um, our, our youngest son, someone in our church brought us a meal, and in that meal, they knew that I liked no-baked cookies, and so they brought me one giant no-baked cookie just for myself, just for me. Uh, and it felt like it was too special to eat right away, so, um, so I hid it in the back of a cupboard, like high up in the back of a cupboard so that no one else would eat it. And, um, and so a few weeks later, I had this strong craving for chocolate, so I ran into the kitchen and I reached high up into the back of the cupboard and I grabbed the cookie and I pulled out a cookie that was covered in mold. How sad is that, right? <laughs> I had so badly wanted to keep this cookie for myself that I ended up losing the whole thing. So Saul wants to keep the throne so badly for himself, but the tighter he's holding on to it, the more he begins to lose. So when Saul walks into this cave alone, it seems that he's about to lose his very life because he wants the throne so badly. And, and this... Once he's in the cave is their opportunity, David's opportunity for sort of American action movie ending, uh, an, an American action movie ending. Saul wanted to kill David, so it's okay for David to kill Saul, right? I mean, this is the heart of basically every action movie that we've ever seen. Killing is bad if it's done by the bad guy, but killing is good if it's the good guy killing the bad guy, right? But here, David gives us a hint of this higher value that Jesus will later make clear. You have heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, this is important because Saul and David aren't strangers. They they were friends. They were like family, which feels a lot more like real life because it's the people we love who can at times hurt us the most. It's the people whom we love that we can hurt the most. So what happens when we experience conflict in these meaningful relationships? I, I don't know about you, but I usually think that I'm right. Any, anyone else? <laughs> And if I'm right, then that makes me the good guy. And if I'm the good guy, that makes them the bad guy. Obviously, God is on my side, so revenge is okay, right? So this last Thursday morning, I was driving our son to school when I looked to my left, and on the inside window of our car was a giant glob of jelly. And I pointed at it, and I said to our son Noah, how did your mom do that? Like, I don't even know how that's possible. And Noah said, how do you know it was mom? Well, she was the one driving the car yesterday, so it had to be her, obviously. I just don't understand how Maya could have done that. I mean, she doesn't even eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, this just makes, makes no sense. And then Noah was like, are you sure you don't have jelly on your hand or something like that? No, obviously not. And so I held up my left hand to show him, and there was a giant glob of jelly on my sleeve, which makes all kinds of sense because I had literally just made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And Noah was like, 
It's funny that you went right to blaming mom. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously it was me. Like all the evidence was pointing to me, but I, I couldn't see it. Like I just couldn't see it. I don't know about you, but I start and oftentimes continue to maintain the assumption that I am right. Everyone else is wrong, which causes all kinds of problems. So God's people want a king, but they're not supposed to have kings because God is their king. So God warns them, just so you know, kings will take your sons and they'll send them to war. They will take your daughters, your land, and your servants to serve themselves. They will enslave you and look out for their own good. And the people are like, okay, we're good with that. And this is exactly what the kings do. And apparently looking out for my own good is what I do whenever I play king. So when the prophet Samuel told Saul, King Saul, that God was rejecting him as king, Saul reached out to grab his robe and ripped a piece off of it. But Samuel told him that his throne would be ripped away just like his robe. Then David takes a piece of Saul's robe. And the symbolism is obvious. David will rip the throne away from Saul. Both of these stories about robes involve people taking hold of power, trying to hold on to power. But then we heard earlier that Jesus is walking through a crowd and a woman reaches out to touch his robe and she is healed. And Jesus says, power has gone out from me. Saul grabbed a robe to keep power. David grabbed a robe to symbolically take power. But when Jesus' robe is touched, power goes out from him. Your kings will use their power against you. But here, Jesus' power goes out, and this woman feels in her body that she is healed. And while the kings will use our sons and daughters for their own good, Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. In many ways, faith is basically a daily act of releasing our grip bit by bit, letting go of trying to control other people and the things that we just can't control in life. And faith is allowing whatever power or influence that we have to be used by God, not primarily for our own benefit, but to bring healing. And who knows, in our giving, we might begin to feel in our own bodies and in our own soul that we are being healed and that together as people, as a community and as a world, we can go in peace. Please join me as we pray. Jesus, we pray that you would bring healing to our bodies. We pray that you would bring healing to our relationships. We pray that you would bring healing to our nations and to our world. Amen.